This future CEO's conversation is brought to you by Careers24. Careers24.com. Get a career you can be proud of. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. We've had some very interesting conversations today. By the way, this is being recorded as a podcast, and so if you miss some of the insights and you've missed some of the conversations, you can go to Cliff Central to get the conversations there. Why are we here today? Why are you here today? Well, it's to ask questions. I hope you've come with a list full of questions. We're going to have a roaming mic. This is an interactive discussion. It's called Ask the CEO. And so we want you to interact and find out what makes a CEO a CEO and how can you become that. Shall we go through our panel and get them to introduce themselves to me? Okay, so a long-lost friend and the CEO of TVWA Lascaris. Karaba, welcome yeah, to our discussion. And then we've got Siggy, CEO of WeGenesis Business School. Yes, thank, thank you so you. much for spending uh, time with us and just elaborating. What is a chief executive officer? I think you should kickstart the show. A chief executive officer is really somebody that leads an organization into the future, somebody that not only deals with the day-to-day operational issues of an organization, but is also accountable ultimately to the shareholders, whatever they may be, the sustainability of the organization for its growth, where it wants to move, where it wants to grow to, and ultimately to be able to to deliver on what its mandate is. Correct. Absolutely. The experience, I mean, is that was, was that your atypical journey that you wanted to experience of life or did you work through the ranks of the organization? Um, no, I didn't work through the ranks of the Genesis Business School. Yeah. I um, started off and have worked through various companies throughout yeah. my whole life and have been the CEO of Genesis for four years. Yeah. Karaba, what is your story to be where you're at now? At Atlantis um, I think my journey was, I was lucky because I really knew what I wanted to be at an early age. So as soon as I got out of school, I really wanted to be into advertising. Yeah. So um, one of my first jobs around interning, always done in advertising agencies. And once again, like you, I basically never left when I came out of those holiday schools. And I've always been consistent in the um, industry. And I guess it's rewarded me. And that's why I'm sitting here today. So I just want to clarify, a lot of young people, especially, they they say, I want to be a CEO. That wasn't what you were saying at the beginning of your career. So when you say, I knew what I wanted to be, it wasn't, I want to have the corner office. It was, I want to be so good that then perhaps I could be a CEO. But that wasn't really in your mind, the idea of CEO. Yeah, I mean, as I say, you know, I was 20 years old and I just wanted to really get into the business. I mean, every day we do amazing things so we're always challenged on one day i'm focusing on financial services and on the other day i'm selling sweets to kids so i think the nice thing about this i was just always learning always interacting and ultimately to be honest with you in today's world there's this thing that you have to go up the ladder to be successful and i don't think that anymore you know you can you can be a specialist in whatever that you enjoy doing and we need to reframe our thinking in terms of what success means. Just because you're a CEO doesn't mean you're successful. Just because you're an MD doesn't mean you're successful. So I think what I'm trying to uh, permeate through our businesses is to create these centers of excellence at whatever level it is and reward people uh, accordingly. Siri, anything to add? Yeah, um, success. My journey, yeah, yeah. My journey was, was a little bit different and it started with an incident actually. When I just finished university, I was recruited as a graduate on the graduate program of a large uh, company here in South Africa. And I, I was a runner. I used to run every morning. 
And uh, one of the people that was in the running circle was the MD of an enormous multinational here in South Africa. And every single day we used to meet him outside his house in Northcliffe. And I always used to look at the house and I used to think, oh, uh, one day I just one absolutely day. love to live in a house yes, like that. Yes. And then I thought, well, the only way to do it is really through hard work. Yes. And, uh, and when I looked at him, some days he could run with us as a club and some days he couldn't because he used to fly out overseas at night and sometimes overnight on the plane of meetings all day, fly back the next day. And I think I realized from that day onwards that there was no shortcut to getting to the top. It was all hard work. Correct. And if you want to uh, one day reach a position of authority, a reach a position of power where you're able to, to change the world, change an organization, etc., um, it takes a lot, a lot of hard work. Um, that was how I decided that I one day wanted to be a CEO. I wanted a house like that. We love hearing yeah. people's journeys and most importantly on future CEOs. It's more about the, the mistakes that you made along the way and the lessons learned from it. I mean, the advertising space, it's cutthroat. It's hardcore. It's either you can keep a secret or not. It's some backstabbing. But at the end of the day, if it's good, it's really good. Yeah. What are some of the lessons that you learned along the way that have made you stick to having the integrity of being a CEO in 2016? And one of the um, best advertising think, companies in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think before my journey also included a stint where I had my own agency. And um, I think I was about 23 and I ran quite a big uh, design and advertising agency. But um, I think na naivety really was the order of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we spent more than we made. We didn't yeah. uh, fill out tax returns and all that horrible stuff that we still know yeah. nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we didn't understand the, the power of team. Correct. We didn't understand the power of process. And also we didn't understand, I mean, money was free back in those days. And we didn't know the power of debt. You know, now transformation is a big thing in our industry. So, yeah. you know, it was stupid for us to disband the agency back in that day. So it's, it's all those kind of things that you kind of look back on now and you say, maybe we're ahead of our time. But yeah, we made a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes. And uh, I think what we learned from that is just, you know, be uh, thick-skinned. When you get knocked, just you know, get up again. Because uh, in our business, uh, we sell an intangible product. So yeah. a lot of people come to us, and we don't even know. You know, it's not like give me ten units of uh, X. You know, every day is origination, and that it's difficult from an emotional point of view because you invest so much of yourself in designing this idea. Yeah. And when someone says, "I don't like it," or "Change that logo," or mm -hmm. just once again, you constantly have to be someone who can uh, motivate themselves. Always come back. Uh, always motivate those around you. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons. You're welcome to ask your questions. Put your hand up. You've got a question here. Great. And we'll get to it. And then there's another question over here. Uh, by the way, you can't ask for a job. <laughs> <laughs> we have I'll person to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Me first. That's reserved. My brother. Siggy, <laughs> uh, maybe we can ask you. And tell us a story here. You walk into the role of CEO. What was the first biggest mistake you made within that first three-month window? As a CEO? Paul, you know, one incident where I'd say, gosh, that's the biggest mistake I made in the first okay. three months. And I okay. think, um, because I think in the first three months you need to listen more than you tell. Um, and to really establish what is working um, and not try and change anything, but rather get yeah. go going and try and enhance yeah. it in tiny little ways. Yeah. I often say that to really know your job takes about a year. And to really that, know your job takes take, about yeah. a year. So what you've got to be careful of doing is implementing radical change where it's not necessary and at the end of the day it has a ramification later. 
And I think that is a very big difference between a CEO and a manager. When we look at things, we look at things not for today, but we look at things for three months, six months, a year, five years, et cetera, et cetera. So every single decision I make, I don't just make it for today. I make it for the, for the longer term. So you've got to be really sure what you're doing. I'm absolutely not saying that you won't make any changes in a year. Of course you'll do that. And you'll obviously address low-hanging fruit first. But I think it would be unwise to come in and to make radical changes in, in the first little while unless no, you nice can point. see that it's absolutely necessary. No, great point. As far as mistakes are concerned um, long-term, I mean, there are always things that you can do better as an organization. And sometimes you only re realize those ramifications afterwards. But I think I totally concur with you that... For me, the biggest, the biggest armor that you can have is to possess good EQ and good SQ. And I often e say it's SQ? like going on holiday, SQ? spiritual quotient. Spiritual quotients, I like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's about saying, if you're going on holiday to Cape Town, in your car, you pack your suitcase, you put your, your boot full of your clothes, and you drive along, and all of a sudden you get a puncture, or all of a sudden there's a hailstorm, or whatever the case may be. You don't turn around and say, oh, for goodness sake, I'm not going to go on holiday anymore, I'm turning around and... At the end of the day, your destination is Cape Town. And all you do is you fix the puncture or you make sure you drive carefully through the hailstorm. But you still ultimately have the destination that you want to reach. And I think that is the power of being a CEO. It's about where is your vision? Where are you taking this organization? Where are you going? And there are going to be a hundred obstacles along the way. That's just part and parcel of the job. You know, I remember meeting Adrian Gore a good few years ago, mm. and um, some of our students said to him, I'm sure you sit in your office with your feet up and you strategize and drink coffee. And he said, no, I don't. He said, you know what I do all day? He said, I solve problems. Mm. And you know, that, what is, do is, I do all day? Is that correct, Carabos? Do you solve That's problems exactly all day? Yeah. No? Sure. Mm. Questions, Gareth? Let's go to the audience. Thanks for the opportunity. My name is Temba. The question that I'd like to ask is that you have the stakeholders or the shareholders and you also have the customers. Can you maybe unpack in that context what is it that you do as far as the relating with your shareholders and as well as the guy, your subordinates, as well as your customers? If you can maybe mention the key things. Actually, I have five questions. I think um, yeah. the, the one thing that we that we say is you have to manage up and manage down. Yeah. So managing up, you know, some uh, organizations are bigger than others, uh, especially if you're a CEO in a public company, just crazy in terms of the governance versus when you, like us, in a private company, it's a little bit more uh, relaxed. But anyway, so we do the normal uh, board reporting to our shareholders and we prepare a board reports and we have um, standing meetings. We also, in, in terms of that, we also have um, strategy sessions because I belong to a group of eight companies that I report into. Mm. And we have strategy sessions in terms of how do we collaborate and integrate with all those companies to make us better versus going outside. Yeah. Um, in terms of clients, they are the lifeline of our organization. So anything from seeing them weekly, uh, inter interacting with them, a lot of relationship stuff. You know, we have client plans. We have separate strategy sessions for them. How they're feeling, what can we do? So we look at it client by client uh, specific. I, I think what I'm hearing you saying here that you treat them as individuals or as individual yeah. clusters. There's not broad sweeping no. strategies that you put across the business. It's all about going to where they are and understanding what they need at that particular point in time. Exactly. I mean, some clients want big strategies every time we see them. 
some they just want one pages. You know, they want us to get to the point. You have to um, what's it? Cut your cloth. Cut your cloth to fit. Sergey, do you have anything? What else can you add to Gorabo? I think with the with the strategy side, I think many organisations spend a lot of time so worrying about their competitors that they navel gaze, as in constantly bringing new things to move forward, but also to know where you are wanting to take the organisation together with shareholders, to know what shareholders are wanting out of you, and then to move forward and just do it, as opposed to, for example, always worrying on either side, what are their competitors doing, how will we combat, just be your unique self, know where you have to go, Authentic know where self. you're moving, and, and that's it, and take the organisation there, and I think that's good for us. Next question. I just want to add one thing. Former CEO of MassMart said, if you're trying to please your shareholders and your customers and everyone else at the same time, you're doing a really bad job. Um, and so you're going to have to be able to pick up what needs to be done at what particular point in time, who to focus on, how to focus on them, while also managing the, the other relationships. Just to add on to that, yeah. I think you need to have two views because mm. you can't forget about where you're staring the company. Mm. So once again, you know, you, it's, it's a very fine balance that you have to create uh, in your organization. I agree. Mm. Next question, Rafila. Right. Please, baby. Okay, thank you. I'm a graduate from the University of Limpopo. It's a privilege for me to ask the CEO today. Okay, my question, it will be based on communications because I studied communications. Okay, when I look at the operations of most of organizations, you find that when you, uh, you see the CEO, you feel that sense of uh, omnipotence. But at the end of the day, when I look on my studies, you hear that uh, I'll say there's an equal level of communications. So then my question is, is that really type of communication existing within the organizations? To pull it together, let's focus on communication. Yes. Historically, organizations have been around command and control. You do what you are told, and that's it. And I think in today's world, because of the multi-generations that we work with, that doesn't fly anymore. We believe in a world of openness. We call it radical openness. And we say, open the channels of communication, open our organization to let that energy in. Almost know? flatten the structure. Exactly. Let that energy in. Let people talk. Let them interact because you are better for it. You know, mm. because you, I can no longer just sit there and make unilateral decisions without finding out exactly what the temperature is, what that one is feeling. And it's a difficult thing because on top of that, in our organization, we deal with a lot of external people as well. When we create ideas, it's no longer just uh, developing solutions within an agency. But now we work with comedians, we work with painters, we work with all those kind of people. And to get the best out of them, you have to find that way of collaboration and flattening the structures. Mm. Great answer. Thank you. Nice. Here's a question. What are your three pillars of CEO leadership? I think the first, innovation. Second of all, integrity. I think SQEQ. And definitely people skills. It's okay. about communication. It's about treating people with respect and getting the most out of a team. Very, very nice. I would also uh, rally behind exactly what she said. But also I would add future-orientated. Okay. Those are things that personally I'm really interested in developing and making sense of. Because sometimes when you say these kind of things, they seem very fluffy. And I think in today's world, you know, we can be more succinct in our language and uh, the delivery thereof. Mm, very well put. We have a question out here. Hi, I'm Rehabitus Leticia. I'm from the University of Pretoria. I studied second year in accounting science. 
I'm also aspiring to be a CEO. My question runs as, in order to be a CEO, which skills do you need? Do you need diversified skills within the business sphere or do you need technical knowledge with regard to me being accounting in order to gain competitive advantage? Nice question, yeah, this idea of technical versus uh, mm. softer skills. Sigi? I mean, obviously, it, it really helps being in an environment that you understand and you know, but I definitely don't think that the technical skill is what makes the difference. You are here to change an organization, to move it into the future. There are leadership skills that you need, and those are people management skills, etc., etc. And often it's a blessing if you don't know the organization very well because you come in with a whole yeah. fresh approach and some wonderful, wonderful fresh thinking. Yeah. I think you need the basics, you know, in terms of technical skill around finance, uh, okay. operations, or yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I think you need a, a general skill to get you in a particular position. Yeah. Where you're going to render that skill, I think doesn't then matter. it's like, mm. you know, it doesn't matter uh, mm. thereafter. But I do find you, you have to understand strategy. You don't have to be a, an expert, yeah. but I do think you need some sort of uh, proficiency in, in, in those fields. So, so there are definitely languages that are appropriate for different settings. And so you must know the language of finance. You must know the language of marketing and sales learn the languages, don't, you don't necessarily have to be an expert because you're going to have a team around you who are experts. My name is Rufilwe. I have a question. I'm a second year student at Vega, currently studying branding. Um, I want to know how necessary it is for me to go into an agency or can I just venture out on my own because I'm also studying my own business. Okay, so two things. I do think you should get into an agency. And if you do get into an agency, you must get into a big network agency. Because the network agency gives you scale. It allows you to work on big pieces of business. It allows you to, to be busy. And in our industry, the more integrated communication that you can do, meaning if you, do, if you create a solution, it's not just one-dimensional. It's got innovation from a digital point of view. It's got TV, radio, print. All those kind of things. And I think if you can into an environment that pushes that just to get, just to feel, you know, and understand the scalability of the industry, then I would I, I re definitely recommend it. And yeah. you have to know what it feels like to have deadlines. A million or 10 million or 100 million rand contract that's relying on you. And that's not going to happen in your own business right away. Exactly. And I mean, also, if you look at all the agency heads in this country, have all worked in the big agencies at one point in their lives. And you, you look very young, and you have mm. a lot of time. <laughs> so I would, I would just look at it as going into an agency's studies, you know, part of your school fees. So I, I, I recommend you do that. The GM of Careers24 is here. He's got some really good insights. Are we going to get something from you, Mark? I think your question was fantastic regarding um, whether you need to have technical skills or yeah. whether you need to have leadership. For me, I think um, leadership is probably the one skill that is paramount. Without that, you cannot inspire people without that. Um, it really depends on your industry too. If you're leading a team that is a very technical um, type of business, then naturally you'd need to be have the, the engineering background to be able to speak to your staff, to, to relate to your staff. But without the leadership, as a CEO, you will just not, not be able to, uh, to cut it really. Thanks, Mark. And how many of you are unhappy about the salary that you earn? <laughs> and don't lie. I'm, I'm unhappy. Ruby, how are you feeling? Want more? Okay, after this session at uh, Half Post, 
about salaries and, and what we could and should be earning. And so what are the differences? Are you earning what you should? And also then other trends and things. But thank you, Mark. We're, we're pleased to have you here. Um, a question for me. What do you attribute success to? I think success is multidimensional. So if you say success, what does that mean? Is it financial success? Is it spiritual success? Is it emotional success? Is it you know, success in your society? Is it family success? So I think it's, it's, it's really just achieving the, for you the best that you can be. And I mean, for me personally, it is ensuring that shareholders benefit, students benefit, changing the world. And for me, it's just leaving the world in a better place than you found it, leaving an organization in a better place better space and a better place than you found it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I think when you get to a point where you're comfortable with yourself, you love what you do, and you've got a sense of peace, I think that is success for me. Love it. Gareth, success to you. Are you asking me a question? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Success is when I can go home and just be content about my day. I think that's a good way to define success. And of course, my definition of success is is contextualized by running a non-profit. Absolutely. Um, and so they, they, we're going to all measure it differently. We're all going to respond differently. Um, but that, that's how I would measure love it. it. Love and yourself, it. Dini? I think running the non-profit with you is success <laughs> me as well. We are running out of time. Are there any last questions? We've got a question here. Cool. How's it? Uh, how's just it? going back on the managing up and down. As CEOs, how do you like your managers managing you up? Fantastic. The stronger the team is, the better it is. And anything, any insights on that and what techniques work and what you actually look out from managers who are actually able to manage their CEOs? Yeah, I think it's just having an open door policy at all times, knowing that at the end of the day, my rule is always that if there's a mistake, it's not about it being a mistake. It's always about saying, let's go back to the root cause and um, making sure that people are always open so it doesn't matter how bad the problem is. As a team, we're going to solve it together. But for me, the stronger people are, the better it is. Yeah. Sure. My view is um, I, always, I always preach the whole thing about accountability. I always say that this is it's our company, you know, so we must all take responsibility for it. I'm not going to stand up and say, these are the 10-point plan. This is what we're going to follow. <laughs> you know, so it's more about accountability, collaboration. Let's work together and uh, empowerment as well. I think if someone Definitely. really feels that yeah. they're contributing and they're part of a thing, it's in everyone's best interest. There were some good insights. Yes. Um, hi. My name is Lunga. My yeah, question welcome. is on the line of morality to say, as a CEO, where is the fine line between accepting a salary increase which you feel you deserve? Because there is this notion that CEOs, especially in South Africa, they are overpaid with the staffs are not getting what they deserve. Okay, interesting. Look, I mean, uh, in, my, in my experience, it's very clear if you achieve X, you'll get Y. And that's monitored, and that's always fed back. So there's a clear roadmap. Of course, from a CEO's perspective, if you look in the financial services world, they do quite a shitload of stuff. Excuse my French. And without their direction, without their vision, without the, the hard yards they've put in, I think at, at times they are really deservant of what, they, of what they get at the end of the day. I think people tend to be hard on them because we can't fathom the amount that they get. But if you look at the contribution from a financial point of view and what they've given to the organizations, then I sometimes think it is... Uh, I, I just, Siggy, we're going to get your comments. I just very quickly, the, the CEO of Anglo-American, we once did an interview with him, how long ago? long time ago, anyway. Long time. And he earns a lot of money. And this question of payment came up, and he said, look, there are some people working in this organization 
that uh, are willing to put 18 hours in. I'm one of them and more. And so he never sleeps. He's traveling all the time. I don't want to excuse and say, well, that's worth 20 million. There's performance elements to all of this. We have to see it from a certain perspective, though. Sigi, a, a quick comment? I actually concur with that a lot. Um, so for me, it's all about performance. As you were saying, it's about your outputs and it's about fairness. And I think that prevails throughout the organization. Um, certainly, as CEO of Regenesis Business School, I determine a lot of what the salary increases are going to be certainly the parameters, not the individual scores, because I don't know everybody that well. And I often determine what my increase is going to be, and I must say I always err on the conservative more than anything else because of leading by example. But I do just want to go back to what you were saying earlier, Gareth, and, and certainly not a small organization like ours, but if I look at the accountability that many CEOs have and the sacrifices that go with that, and it really for me is about a choice. And everybody in life is, is, if you decide that you want a very powerful job, it does mean that you're going to have to sacrifice other yeah. things, that you're going to sacrifice time and he, effort, etc. He had been et divorced three times. Yeah. yeah. It, it, there is no kids. ways that you can run something like that and not have to sacrifice things. Correct. It's, Correct. You know, the whole thing about an, an equal, a balanced life, and all, that just yeah. doesn't for top CEOs. And I think that often they earn that type of money, but, it, but everything comes at a price. Good yeah. question. Good question. A nice final answer. question here. Let's keep it quite short and we'll also keep the answer short because we have run out of time. Okay. My name is Cecilia Sitole. I'm a candidate attorney. But however, I'm in the process of starting a business, my business. So I want to know when is when, when a CEO and when I do that, what do I look for in that person, in that nice. particular candidate? So when to appoint a CEO and, and then what, what to look to for, look what look characteristics for in that candidate. To look for. Yes. Okay, nice. Good question. All right, so for me, let's start with what do you look for? I think the most important thing is trust. Sure, that word comes up over and over again. Trust. So if you are leaving your business in the hands of somebody, you're looking for somebody that you can totally trust, somebody absolutely open with regards to communication, somebody that will tell you the good and the bad and you'll know the status of your business at any time, somebody that really works hard and has excellent values, and somebody that you would feel, if you've to say, this is my money, this is, missing, this is my idea, would I feel happy to leave that in the hands of someone like that? Mm. So for me, those are, those are what I would look for as, as a CEO. I like Better. it. It's, it's trusting skills. It's trusting values. It's trusting yeah. a whole host of different things. Correct. And then when you can say, I actually do trust this person, perhaps that's the person. But then when is an appropriate time, Karaba? Just to add on that, I think you need a force. I, I call them a force of nature. Yeah, man. You know, someone who's like everything mentioned. But oh, hold on, so I, I hear you saying that you're a force of nature. Because you've just been appointed. <laughs> no, I'm saying when I hire a CEO. Ah, okay. He's just, he's just, but, just been appointed four months, eh? Four yeah. months, yeah. Force of nature think, here. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I just think you need someone who's freaking, you know, who can walk into a room and just like people must fall in love with him, do all of the things that she's mentioned and just... Be accountable and just take that thing and... Love it. Are you happy with the answer? Yes, thank you. Well, thank you very much to all of you for your questions and then also to our panelists. Karabu, Sigi, thank you very much. Your insights are hugely valuable. I think sometimes I feel like CEOs are unapproachable and we can't ask questions. And so, yeah, thank you for answering the questions that have been asked. Hubi, do you have a final word or are we done? Um, I think that the show being called Future CEOs, this is a true platform that we create conversations, the real deal, out of what is great 
and very um, busy people do on a day-to-day basis so that we're not fooled by the time that we actually reach that point of position that we know what we're doing and we're trustworthy and we're valuable. Oh, fantastic. Guys, if you want to listen to these conversations again, please go to cliffcentral.com. You'll be able to download there. Thank you very much to all of you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. This Future CEO's conversation is brought to you by Careers24. Careers24.com. Get a career you can be proud of. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com.